Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for latest news and notes on New Mexico United. My name, of course, is Seth Benoff. Thank you, everyone, for being here. If you're with us live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you may be, we appreciate you joining us as we do each and every week here at 9 o'clock Mountain Time uh, on all of our various social channels. And uh, we're going to sit down. We're going to talk some New Mexico United. we got some a lot to talk about. We've got news around the club we've got school we've got the art we've got san antonio to talk about we've got rgv a lot to get to but as we do each and every week thank you guys so much for being here and we have one burning question for our guys who wore it better <laughs> wait, wait 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not i didn't finish let me finish okay sorry finish. man gosh earl with the cowboy shirt or uh or dak wearing the wearing the turf i'm out <laughs> Why? Why, Earl? Why? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, if you can't quite hear what's going on, Earl is muting and unmuting himself. I think he's a. Uh, I think he's not too happy with that question, but uh, you know, it is well, what it is. I, 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 Please tell me you have a better burning question than that. <laughs> I. I did, but I felt like that just hit hit perfect for this moment. And and you know, we're talking about Dallas here, and and Earl, correct me if I'm wrong, but I texted last night after the game. The game wasn't even over, and said, "Hey, you guys might be pretty good. You know, you, you go toe to toe with the champs. You beat a team that just beat the Chiefs." And you beat them there. And then you guys just destroyed Philly. And um, do you remember what your response was? Yeah, there's a few responses. So, you texted me last night, maybe Dallas is good. I just, I, I literally just said this text. My response to that was, or, and that was this morning, because you texted me after I went to sleep. It doesn't matter. It's not my fault. Um... I put, or maybe the NFC is shit, which is true. But you beat an AFC team in there, so that doesn't work. I don't care. Bottom line, I think Dallas is probably hands down the best team in the NFC East and uh, actually look like they might compete and be frisky. But hey, um, kudos to you for wearing the shirt, even though you hate your own team and you hate your life. And um, and yeah, that's that's brave and ballsy of you. I appreciate it. Here, here you go, uh, Earl. Just for you, Joshua Cree in the chat. NFC East is hot garbage. I don't think anyone can disagree with that. I, I don't I, disagree one bit at all. I, I think Dallas might not be hot garbage. I think they might be like a microwave dinner. <laughs> but so here's how garbage. I here, here's how I garbage. see it. Yes, Dallas lost week one to the, like I just told you guys, no, to the greatest that to ever hope. play. Okay. Um, and then, so I had some hope week one. And then we barely, on a 54-yard field goal, maybe 52-yard field goal, a 50-plus-yard field goal for sure against <laughs> the Chargers. The Chargers are good, though. We're and just, then, just and then we turn around and we play the shit Eagles. Which, yeah, we played good last night. Okay, cool. But once again, it's the shit Eagles. Josh and Creator, this prediction chat: division winner goes nine and eight. I think the division winner in the NFC East goes eight and nine. I think that's what happens because those teams are going to beat each other up, and no one's going to walk out of there with a winning record. If there's one way for a division to not have a winner, it'd probably be the NFC East. <laughs> Dallas is going not, to choke it away in the early rounds. They always do. Have you not seen my the point. AFC South? 
my point. So my point still stands on the record. When Dallas doesn't make the playoffs, I'll buy both of you guys a beer. Okay. Sounds they're, good. They're going to make the playoffs. I will. You put me in this awkward position of having to defend the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't like it. It's weird. <laughs> so don't. Don't defend them. But I legit think they're going to be good. Just agree okay. with the fact that Dallas sucks, and they will forever suck until we get rid of the owner, Jerry Jones. Like, um, hold on, my wife. Hold on. Hold, hold your thought, or you guys can talk amongst yourselves. My wife sent me a TikTok. I have to watch it. Welcome, welcome well, to the show, everybody. The class now. Welcome to the show, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, and if you are again, if you're joining us as always over on YouTube and Facebook, you can pop in the chat, uh, throw your questions and comments in there. You know, Harry, Josh, and Jacob have already been in there texting. Uh, malediction as well. Also, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I brought this up, you know, mainly to poke some fun at Earl, but also because I wanted to talk about our uh, NFC, our NFL Pick'em. Uh, update. Uh, so our week three, our, our matchups were, our questions were, well, we, the way we do this, we do five games or five picks every week and then a bonus pick. And the first one was uh, who gets their first win Atlanta over, or New York giants. Uh, everyone went giants except for Earl. Earl went Atlanta. Somehow Atlanta managed to win that one. Uh, so Earl picked up a point uh, biggest winning margin. So we all picked games that finished with six points or less, except for Tyler, Tyler went Bron- Tyler went Denver Jets and Denver of course blanked the Jets 26 to nothing. So point to Tyler on that one. Uh question number 3 Julio did Julio Jones get 100 yards? No no he did not. So everyone except for me picked up a point there. Oh, uh, San Francisco versus Green Bay the over under was 49 and a half. They did go over. So everyone except Earl picked up a point there. And then uh so question number five, Miami, Buffalo, New England, who picks up win number, I think it was win number two. And uh, Jacob, you actually said Pats and Bills. You got one right, one wrong. So I gave you half a point for point for that. Uh, Jake, uh, me and Tyler both went with Buffalo. So we both picked up a point and Earl did not pick up anything. Um, and then our bonus question, who had the most passing yards between uh, Herbert, Mahomes, and Murray? I went Kyler Murray and I won. So two points for me on that one. So our standings, after three, <laughs> uh, our standings after three weeks, Jacob is in the lead with nine. Tyler has seven points and Earl and I both have five. And, so you uh, got, you got four points this week. Yeah. And you only have five total. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Hey, I, told, I told like you guys, I'm trying East. to, I'm trying to make these questions a little bit difficult here. You know, I don't want them to just be straight pick them or anything like that. So, okay. all right. I, I haven't found them difficult apparently, but okay. <laughs> All right. Week four questions. First question of the week. Kansas city is a seven point favorite currently. Uh, does Kansas city cover Jacob? You said no Earl, You said, yes, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say Kansas city does cover uh, on this weekend. Uh, who picked up their first win lions or the Colts. Uh, Jacob, you went lions or you went Colts. I think the Colts, I like the Colts chances a little bit better. My my lead is just growing. (laughs) I like this. Uh, question number three, who kicks more field goals, Atlanta or Washington? Uh, I actually have faith in Washington on this year on this one, because I have no faith whatsoever in the Atlanta offense at all. Washington's just going to score touchdowns though. Yeah. Potentially, but you know, they move, they move the ball a little bit better. They do score. They do have, uh, Atlanta's only attempted four field goals and, uh, Washington's only attempted three. So, uh, I just, I have a feeling that Atlanta's not going to be able to do anything at all. Harry is getting his picks in there. Casey, no lions. All right. Uh, question number four, Trevor Lawrence, does he take more than three sacks or less than three sacks? Uh, Jacob and Earl, you guys both said more. Uh, I'm going to say more there. Uh, Jacksonville, of course, is playing Cincinnati this weekend and Cincinnati's defense has been pretty good so far. Uh, picked up quite a few sacks. So I'm going to say they more just, as well. They just sacked Justin Fields nine times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no faith at all in Jacksonville and their offensive line or, you know, cause they did not look good. So question number five, who has more touchdowns this week, Daniel Jones or Alvin Kamara? <clears throat> Alvin Kamara has zero touchdowns this season. Daniel Jones why, has two. Which is why it's going to be Kamara. Kamara? Okay, you think, He's going to yeah. regress. Regress towards <laughs> me. Um, 
Have I gotten any bonuses right? I don't feel uh, like I have. Let me see. It would have been last yeah, week. You did. You got the uh, you got week two. Uh, AFC at that point it was uh, both AFC West and NFC West oh, West were undefeated. Okay. You said neither of them, and you were correct. All right, so I'm going to go Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones because I don't think I think Kamara's going to get vultured at the goal line. I don't think he picks up any touchdowns again this week. And then our bonus question this week: Who has more total touches, Peyton Barber or Austin Eckler? You guys both went Eckler. I'm going to say Barber. You realize Josh Jacobs is probably going to play this week. So Barber will not be the starter. We'll see. We'll see. So, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Those are our questions this week. I'll, I will, of course, send those up to Tyler. And, uh, yeah. Oh, Harry agrees with me on the Daniel Jones. All right. I like that. I like that. Yeah, you both there. are drunk. <laughs> so that I mean, is a quarterbacks have are way more likely to score touchdowns. Assuming you're assuming if you pick Daniel Jones, you get passing touchdowns, receiving touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. Cause the quarterback is the one player that touches the ball. Theoretically every snap, but it's the giants. I know that's why I picked, <laughs> that's why I picked Kamara. So. Yeah. But I'm saying going with Jones, isn't going out on a limb necessarily. It's just, Daniel so Jones has more rushing touchdowns. So to contradict your statement, Jacob, yes, the quarterbacks do score touchdowns on like everything. So rushing, passing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Unless your name is Justin Fields. <laughs> That's a low I, blow. Though. I think they had what one pass for 14 yards or something. But I can say that because I'm an Ohio State fan. Anybody can say that. Doesn't matter who doesn't matter who you're a fan but of. I, I can talk shit about Justin Fields and get away with it. It wasn't not, his fault and, though. And not get punched in the mouth by a by a Bears fan <laughs> because I'm an Ohio State fan. That Chicago O line is like a sieve. They let everything through. And they the just Chicago they, the coaches team said, is the, just shit. The coaches said, Okay, Justin Fields, you're nothing like Andy Dalton, but we're gonna have you run the exact offense of Andy Dalton. We're not going to have you run. We're not going to bootleg you at all. We're just going to want you to do five-step drops and try to get the ball out. And it obviously failed miserably. So I that was a low blow at Justin Fields. And I'm a huge Justin Fields fan. And I, I feel very attacked right now. And it wasn't his fault. So me and you are going to fight later. It's okay. You know who else was hanging their head this weekend? Yeah. Tom Brady. I was gonna say not the Braves, but but I do have Tom Brady beating the shit out of the Patriots next week. Oh yeah, absolutely. Why? Well, I don't think it's even a question. You've got Tom Brady going up, and that game's in New England, right? Yes, yeah, sir. yeah. I say Tom Brady is going back, going back to Foxborough <clears throat> against a rookie quarterback. Yeah, Tampa Bay is not going to lose that game. He puts up at least four t- four TDs possible I, I i would say at least i would say three i don't i don't see four because i bet they get you know get a couple of rushing touchdowns in there but <laughs> uh, no our, <laughs> our rushing offense like uh, when we get to like the five yard line it is tom brady to mike evans that's the that's the quote-unquote rushing offense we we do not run the ball this year at least we <laughs> haven't yet Yeah, no, it's it's gonna. It'll be, I mean, obviously they're gonna win that one. I don't see any way of picking against uh, Tampa Bay in that one. But if you want to, I mean, by all means, it's it's your money. But but uh, anyway, that is our NFL pick 'em. Uh, hopefully, we get some more points this week, Tyler. If you're listening, I'll get you the questions tomorrow. So um, what was the standings again? Uh, you're in first with nine. Tyler's in second oh, yeah. with seven, yeah, okay. and Earl and I both have five. So okay. So who's who's ahead between me and you? You guys both have five. They both have five. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Who's ahead? <laughs> Me. I'm a Braves fan. So, what are you talking about? <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, if you want to go that standing, let's see here. Speaking of the Cub- baseball, the Cubs the- are not better than the Braves. Don't go there, Earl. <laughs> Don't go there at all. But the Cardinals just clinched a wild card playoff position. Wild. Okay. Wild. The Braves are Braves magic numbers three. So to clinch the division, not a wild card. 
So I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you're, also, you're also in like the worst division in baseball. So calm down, Seth. Let's just take a step back there. Hey, we lost our starting center fielder to a torn ACL and we're below 500 at the all-star break. We have had one of the best second halves I have ever seen. The Cardinals won 16 in a row. Yeah, we 17. won like 13 in a row. So 17 in a row. And why are we talking about baseball? <laughs> because we can. The because we absolutely can. The playoffs have not started yet. When the playoffs start, we'll talk about baseball. <laughs> Look, they won 17 in a row, and I'm, I feel very attacked that you gave them only 16. I, I apologize. I hadn't watched today's game. See, I almost wore a Cubs my... Fan. I know, which is about? which is crazy because I almost wore my uh, what you call it shirt, my St. Louis Cardinal shirt. Why I have a St. Louis Cardinal shirt, I don't know. Seth, Seth, yeah, is my memory failing, or are the Cubs' biggest rivals the White Sox and the Cardinals? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, okay. Just wanted to make sure I wasn't losing my mind there, and um. Good job. Good job. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. We've got a lot of New Mexico and United news and notes this week. First and foremost, and there's been some things that have happened that we haven't really talked about. Um, uh, I don't remember if we talked about it before, but uh, New Mexico United did bring on Heather, uh, Coach Heather from UNM as technical staff special advisor. So that's, that's been announced. That was a few weeks ago. Uh, so congratulations to Coach Heather. I know that there was a – there's a tweet that came out from the club today where Armando Moreno said that she's just been huge for him, especially since she's come on. And, and so exciting to see that. Uh, the Mexican United has also added the first director of player personnel, international agent Itamar Keenan. I hope I pronounced that correctly. So brand new position with the club. This uh, Itamar is a guy who started his own sports agency uh, a while back. And so he's now someone and, and the words of the club that going to help expand the scouting area uh, of the club to uh, get a little bit more international scouting going on. So, uh, which is, which is something that we haven't necessarily had a whole lot of, you know, most of the folks that we've seen are either guys that uh, have crossed paths with Troy or Zach Prince somewhere in the past. And so bringing Itamar on is going to be a, I think is going to be a big step for the club. And, and then, uh, Oh, I, I, I there's a little thing that came out last week. I'm sure you guys saw it. I know Harry saw it. Um, but, uh, the city of Albuquerque and New Mexico United held a press conference last weekend, uh, or last, uh, I think it was last Thursday where they announced that the club was, uh, ha- was the club was, uh, committing to a $32.5 million investment, including $10 million upfront towards the cost of construction of a new stadium. Should the bond pass in November? Um, so maybe you guys saw that maybe, maybe not, I- I think you might have, but uh, there were a lot of things that came out of this. And now I will admit it was not a great stream of the press conference. I wish we had known about it. I could have been there. I had the day off. I could have been there and cover that in person. So uh, David, let us know, man. Let us know. We could have been there. Um, but uh, no, it's huge, huge news. And then, you know, in some of the comments, you know, they talked about how, some of the financing was or not necessarily financing, but uh, you know, the club obviously going to take care of the maintenance of the stadium, the upkeep utilities, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they mentioned that with the investment from the state that's already, you know, from the legislature, that money plus United uh, plus United's funding uh, plus the bond, it's going to end up being like 68 and a half million dollars already pledged to the stadium. And there's a potential to go that the state could fund some more, uh, whether or not that happens, I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see on that. Uh, they talked about a whole bunch of other things. One big thing in particular, Peter once again talked about the NWSL as a potential home for a, a women's soccer club here in the state. And I mean, that came on the heels of, uh, of the USL Super League being announced. And so big, big announcement. And I think there was a lot of information out there that may have helped uh, get some points across that the club wanted to get out, that the city wanted to get out. And uh, and so, I mean, did you guys have a chance to go back and watch that video after the fact? Did you read the, the letter of intent? Like, what do you guys think about what we have so far? Now, this, this is, in fact, a binding letter of, a, of intent. So uh, should the bond pass, United is going to be held to this. And uh, I think it's fantastic. So yeah, I did go ahead. I read the letter of a letter of promise or promised letter, whatever the hell it was called. 
Um, and yeah, I I was kind of surprised by it actually to see that they put up 10 million up front and then the rest of it whatever going forward but the part that really took me by surprise was even though they're dropping 32 million dollars into it they still won't have an ownership stake exactly exactly and, that, and that's something that uh hasn't really gotten talked up too much about or you know people you know, want to say that it's just to line the owner's pockets and and you know whatnot but no and and that's something that needs to be clear. Does the, the club will not own this stadium. They will be the primary tenants. They're going to pay at least $800,000 a year in base rent. Well, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. The base rent is $800,000 a year, no matter how many events United puts on. The city is going to have 15 days to where they can do stuff uh, just solely for the city. And all of that is going to generate revenue for the city. Uh, you know, there's going to be other opportunities out there to make things happen. And so, uh, yeah, you, great point there. Earl. thank you for bringing that up. And, and so, yeah, this is not just to line Peter's pockets. Yeah. So a lot going on right there. Um, Coach Heather. I'm happy about that. This is going way back because you, you uh, jumped to like four things there, yeah. and I can't remember what the other thing was. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that is going to be huge. Um, I I understand that Troy has been around this league a lot and has come across a lot of people. So signing people that he's come in contact with or had run-ins with is a, a very large list of names that we can pick from, but it's not everybody. So to broaden that. Uh, with Amar is is going to be huge, ex- whether it's overseas or or just other players inside the USL and in MLS here. I, I think that's going to be big. Um, and then the stadium thing, I I I couldn't watch the video. I tried, and it was just hard to hard to hear, hard to follow along what was going on. So, but I did read the letter. Uh, to me, it was basically just. summarizing most of what we already knew or i assumed um there were some tidbits like the us united keeping up with the maintenance and stuff that um most of the time when you're quote-unquote renting (laughs) you don't have to do that but um i I, united is doing whatever they can to make this palatable for the voters and I think that it's it's working with the ones that are kind of sort of on the fence. The ones that we th- we see all the time, the ones that are very active and have the say no to the stadium Facebook page and all that nonsense. They they don't care about facts anyways, because if they cared about facts, they would actually post facts and and look into this stuff. They just say fifty million for a millionaire stadium. No, period. Point blank. They don't care. That's just what they're gonna say. Fifty million for football when crime is so bad. No. No. Um what what I don't see from any of them is okay, well if it, crime is that bad, how would you use the fifty million dollars to help crime? And they're not gonna have answers for that because money doesn't fix crime. <laughs> There are things that we can do to help, but at the end of the day, that fifty million wouldn't be used for that anyways. And, and you know the, the thing the thing is some of those people are the same ones are saying defund the police. So yeah. I would I was gonna go there, but I decided not to. So I'm 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 gonna let you sit there in that. I'm gonna move on because that's a that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. Um and so so I, I think it was good. It was good to try to get the general public more information. Um, I feel like no matter what we put out now, though, it's just going to make the rounds around the United community and and the people that are anti, anti, anti it are just going to be anti it no matter what. And the people that are kind of in the middle, maybe they'll do their own research and see the good things that are going to come of it and 
and make a solid informed decision and and to me it's a no-brainer to vote yes i mean it 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 doesn't make sense not to do it i've commented several times to people saying hey new mexico united started a foundation a non-profit foundation to help the community the players go out into the community They've been at the children's hospital multiple times. They go to the lower income area schools and talk to those kids and help them. They give free tickets to all kinds of lower income areas and and organizations. And that is those little things are stepping stones towards building greater Albuquerque area and state. And without a stadium, all that's gone. They might still keep the Somos Unidos Foundation in place. I don't see why they wouldn't. But a lot of the money that goes into funding a lot of things that Somos Unidos Foundation does is because of the team, whether it's directly from the team or from supporters of the team. And yeah, you will have supporters that still help it for a while, but it'll eventually wane off if there's no team to go along with it. So a vote no to me is a vote against Albuquerque and hopefully people see that. And hopefully this is one thing that they will, that we can point to and say, Hey, look at this letter. Hey, watch this terrible, terrible quality news conference and focus on it as best you can. And, um, and yeah, that hopefully that's what happens and, and people We'll use we can use that tool to get people to do it to to vote for it, and then real quick throwing it way 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 back because Harry had to bring up just he had to just rip the bandaid off, and um, in the chat he put Cardinals are on a roll and the Rockies paid them to take their best player, f the Rockies, and um, I I don't want to hear it. Because no. the Cubs literally you, you, sold you bite your tongue. their house. Bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. <laughs> you, your team had a vision, at least. Your team was like, hey, we're going to get rid of everybody. We're going to get quality prospects in, and we're going to start this thing over. My but team was we? like, well, that's the thing about prospects is you never know. But I can tell you right now, <laughs> it was a better deal. Every single one of those deals was better than their Arenado one. Your team liked the bag of pi- the bag of peanuts. That that's about it. So here's oh I I won't get on my soapbox too much. I will just say that uh, Harry, you are correct. We paid them to take the best player. It was in, incredibly infuriating at the time, and still is. And uh, as a basically lifelong Rockies fan. Um, yeah, I, I I echo your statement of F the Rockies. Although I will say they are a fun team to watch this year, especially since they got rid of Breidich. And, uh, and actually, I think, I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head, but since May 28th or 29th, we have the fourth or fifth best record in the majors. It was just we were so bad for that first two months that we couldn't catch up. But... So suck it. That's all I gotta say. Does every player in your infield have uh twenty five or more home runs? Seth <laughs> I like the Braves. Okay. I try to root for the Braves. You make it really hard for me to keep trying to root for the Braves. <laughs> You make me want to not root for them, and I don't like that position. Okay, all right, I'll I'll, I'll stop. I'll, so, I'll, I'll which off. one? What what don't you like rooting for, or what don't you like more? Rooting for the Braves, or rooting against the Braves, or rooting for the Cowboys? I didn't. I never said anything about rooting for the Cowboys. I was defending the fact that I think the Cowboys are going to be good, and that's a shitty position to be in. But I will never root for the Cowboys. <laughs> I, I think we can all agree there. No one should ever, ever root for the Cowboys. But uh, sorry, Tyler. Uh, going back to the the letter of intent, there were three. There were three little 
three more little bits in the in the letter of intent that I thought were pretty interesting. One was at the very bottom. The team uh, will be will be responsible for all, any and all costs incurred by the city for municipal services, police, fire, et cetera, provided for all facility events. So not only is United paying for the upkeep, the utilities, all that, because they're also paying for all the off-duty work, all the off-duty paramedics, firefighters, you know, police officers, security guards, all that kind of stuff. United well, is going to be paying for all that. They're not off duty. They get paid overtime. So, okay. well, yeah. What, um, whether it's, you know, whatever that case may be. So, United's which, putting the bill for that, which makes it even more impressive because usually there's like six paramedics or EMS firefighters at each game, roughly, that I've seen that I know of. Um, uh, one of them is, is a cousin, my cousin's husband, who I used to see at the games all the time. I haven't seen him this year, but, um, I know that overtime for that is not cheap. So United footing the bill for that, uh, that's that's nothing. That's not chump change. I mean, that's that's a pretty penny. And that's just the EMS ones. There's there's probably what a dozen officers at least too. So probably yeah. So yeah, it's that's a that's kind of a big deal there. I hadn't I read that, but I didn't get I didn't it didn't click in my head. Yeah. Another part was the party shall agree to a standalone non-relocation agreement that shall guarantee that team shall play its home games at the facility and prohibit the team from initiating a permanent relocation of the team during the term of the lease and development agreement. So what this means is that for, so the bond is for 25 years, right? 2 million a year, 25 years. New Mexico United cannot relocate. New Mexico United cannot move. They are on the hook for this for 25 years. And if for some reason the club folds, they're still on the hook for it. United will still be paying money into it, even if that happens. Now, obviously, you know, that's a you know, worst case scenario there. But so, yeah, United is in this for the long haul. This isn't like, okay, we're going to build a stadium and leave in 10 years. Like, they're they're this is a binding agreement. They are here for the duration of that. Yeah, that's. I mean, I can see where that's news to an extent. I, I always assumed that if we got the stadium, it was we were we were just going to be there. So uh, it's nice to have that in writing. The Rams. But, But the, the Rams aren't a community-built soccer team. Well, no, in New Mexico. no, the, so, they're not. But they, you know, they got funds for a stadium. They built the stadium, and then they left. I get that. Yeah, but that's it's a it's just a completely different situation than New Mexico United to me. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I, I like I said, I like to have it in writing there, but it's not. It's not a, oh my goodness, I, I can't believe that type thing. I, that's so cool to me. It's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's in writing now. Um, didn't expect it to change at all anyways. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, I don't think any of us expect, you know, at least those of us who are supporters expect, would have expected the club to come in, sign it, and then, and then leave. I don't think any, any of us would have expected that. But there are some folks that, I, you know, that have made comments to that effect. You know, what if the club leaves? What if they fold? Things like that. You know, And this is going to help protect against that. You know, holding the club financially liable uh, and securing them here for the, the the life of those bonds, which I think is a, a big step. And, and uh, then the last the small thing, uh, the team shall use its best efforts to bring a women's soccer team to Albuquerque within three years of completion of the project to play within the facility. I mean, we've known for a while that Peter wants a wants a women's club. We've known this. We've talked about it. And to see that, you know, in writing, I think that's a big deal. You know, and now that we have the USL Super League, we've got Peter talking a lot about NWSL. There's a lot of opportunity here that this could be a big deal for United. Yeah, another thing that, you know, we we assumed at the very least would happen. Uh, so to just see it as a stipulation there and, and um, know that if we get the stadium, it's going to happen for sure, even... Because even if you assume or or you you think it's going to happen no matter what, things could always change. But to make it part of the package there, I mean, 
like I said, all this is the whole thing was basically just laying out 90% of what we already knew as fans and trying to put it in a public place for others that are on the fence or against it to see. So, um, yeah, that's, I love it. I'm happy about it. Hopefully it turns some votes. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope some folks really, you know, take the time to, to look at it and listen to what, you know, is being said and not just, you know, regurgitating whatever, you know, KRQE and KOAT are putting out there. And, and, uh, you know, I just, we've always done it. We've always encouraged, encouraged everyone to go out and, and read and find the information for themselves and, and not just, you know, rely on like one source, you know, go out and talk and ask questions and, and find the truth and, and, and uh, as, make as an informed decision. As a small side note, that goes for everything, not just the stadium, but literally every piece of news that you see on Facebook or Twitter or the news for that matter. Um, do your own research. If, if it's a subject that, that interests you, don't just take everything at, at face value and, and do whatever you want with it. Actually do your homework and, and make sure it's right. No matter what, the, no matter what it is. Yep, exactly. And speaking of homework, uh, New Mexico United did, of course, play on uh, Saturday night down in San Antonio. New Mexico United walked away with three points for the first time in the regular season from playing down in San Antonio with a one-nil victory. Uh, Chris Weehan once again put the dagger in the hearts of Harry and all the other San Antonio supporters. And uh, you know, I have to say, like this was a pretty well-played match and you know we're not going to spend too much time on it since we did talk about saturday night but um going back and watching it you know a second time and uh, i really enjoyed watching how we played saturday night yeah i I mean you already mentioned it we we talked about it right after the match on saturday and and posted a video you guys should go check that out you don't have to watch the whole watch along um i think it is one post on youtube though so Mm -hmm. you have to fast forward to the end, but if you fast forward to the end, you get to see mine and Earl's beautiful faces. Talk about, uh, talk about the match and what we saw. And, and if you want to watch three and a half hours of Seth's beautiful face, then you can do that as well. But, um, don't do that, Seth. Don't. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a well-played match. It, you know, we, we saw Rebus in there. Guzman wasn't even in the, in the 18, uh, which is basically last Tuesday when we had Harry on, I, I said that's what I thought would happen, and and if that happened, I figured I thought we would get the win, and um, it it didn't come exactly how I thought it would in a scenario, but but um, but we got the goal and and able to keep the clean sheet, much to Earl's chagrin. I've never seen somebody hate their own goalkeeper as much as Earl does, Tim Buckness, but but hey, um, one thing. Hey hey, goal, hey 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 hey! I had nothing bad to say. About Tembakis. Yeah, because you're afraid of Casey Gasson coming in. <laughs> Actually, I'm you. not. Casey's one of my best friends, so. Yeah, that that means he would hit you. And and I thought I was your best friend, but I'll let that slide. Well, Anyways. if my wife's listening, my wife's my best friend, just to clear that air. Um, we all know Alex didn't listen, so. Actually, no, she's I, I, right I'm now, sure so. she does. I'm sure she does. <laughs> One thing, though, going back to, to Saturday real quick, that goal, there are so many people that you can give credit to on that. Uh, it, I mean, it was beautiful buildup from from our final third all the way to when we hand put it in. Uh, Dev makes a fantastic run and pulls their left back out of position um, and opens up that space for Weehan to exploit. Um, I believe it's oh, I, now I can't remember, but there is a there is a man on the far side for us that occupies that defender over there, and um, it just kind of lack of communication by San Antonio there, uh, and Weehan comes flying out of nowhere um, into the open space. Moreno gets kind of lucky with a little deflection there; otherwise, I think it it's not the best pass. Uh, just my simple geometry laden brain that says when it was 
when it hit that defender, it, it might not have been great, but, but it, it does hit the defender and it, it ends up in, in open space and Cardoni's kind of in no man's land and Devin's occupying one defender. And I mean, it was just, it's just a beautiful play. And then we does what he does and knows how to finish it goes right over uh, Cardoni's left shoulder and into the back of the net. And, and uh, I hope to see more of that uh, going forward. Yeah, you talk about the run that Dev made, and that's something I pointed out in my recap for the radio station was that run. And so I went back and I watched that like little 30-second clip, you know, the, the run-up and then mm-hmm. the goal itself. And, like, you could just see it develop on the field. I'm like, oh, man, like, where – like, that's what you want to see. You That's what we expect, you know, to see from guys like Moreno and Weehan, you know, making those runs and pulling guys out of, the, out of space. But to see Dev make that kind of run – and then you know see the the follow up and the recognition from both Weehan and uh, and Amando to to make that play like that's just it's just fantastically done and I've got the I've got it running over here on the other on my other screen and yeah like there's acres of space there in, the, in between the two center backs and so uh, great run of play nice little goal um, we had a couple a couple of the opportunities throughout the match and and. Uh, yeah, it's just fun to see. It's fun to see the guys and, you know, getting out there and, and playing tough. And against a team like San Antonio, who's been on somewhat of a roll lately, I know, Earl, you and I were both kind of leaning more towards the negative side of this. And, you know, I, I said the other day, like, I, I wanted to be proven wrong. I, wa- I, I wanted to be wrong about my prediction. And so I'm glad that I was. And And so Earl, looking at it and how the guys played – were you surprised by how they did or was this something that you kind of knew was there and were just kind of waiting to see it? So I'm going to be honest. Um, I think we've all decided that I know nothing about soccer and I'm kind of <laughs> glad I don't. <laughs> um, and if we're going to be a hundred percent honest, I know nothing about sports, um, especially when the Cowboys suck. Um, I don't remember what my prediction was last week. I almost don't even want to know what my prediction was last week. Pretty sure it was a draw. Yeah, you predicted a draw. Because you were draw, Seth was loss, I was win. So I was close to what I predicted. Um, Was I surprised by the way they played? No, I expected it to be a a good game by both teams. And that's pretty much what we got. Um... But yes, no, I wasn't surprised how good they played. I know we can play that way. Um, I just hope for more more goals. Yeah, uh, Earl, have you ever thought about scoring more goals? Have I thought about it? Yeah, have you thought about scoring more goals? I'm not sure where I'm going with this one. <laughs> Yes, you do. you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, now I know. <laughs> <laughs> I got no comment. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Jacob, what was your biggest takeaway from Saturday night? Uh, no Guzman. Um, it was... I we talked about it when they played Colorado Springs and how they started. They st- technically the the team sheet had Rivas up top, but really quickly after the match started, you see Rivas drop into to a center attacking mid uh, pivot. I don't know what you want to call him. He he kind of did a little bit of everything there, but but you saw that and how well it worked and. Then of course we we go and we play Austin, and um, and that's not what we saw there at all. We saw Guzman back in the eighteen, and we were all pissed off about it. Um, it wasn't until later that we found out Rivas had an injury, and and that's why he wasn't in there. And and so when we found that out, and we were told. Um, that he he would more than likely be ready for this match. Um, it was it was the one thing I was looking for when that team sheet came out. It was okay. This is gonna 
this this team sheet is basically going to tell us how the rest of the season is going to go. Because if this team sheet has Rivas in there, in Guzman's place specifically, then Troy realizes what he's been doing wrong, uh, in my opinion, and um, and has fixed it by doing making this change and and we should see positive things going forward. And then if that team sheet came out and Guzman was in the 18 and starting in the midfield again, then it would be okay. If Rivas is healthy, healthy, this is terrible decision. So, so seeing Guzman not starting, um, seeing Rivas in there playing that midfield position next to Denari, um, and seeing Rivas do the things that Rivas did well against Colorado Springs. He, he wasn't as instrumental in the goal. Um, in fact, I think he had already been uh, shuffled around by the time that we scored. But during the time he was there, he was he was still dangerous. He was still doing good things. It wasn't as great of a game as he had against Colorado Springs, but it was still a thousand times better than what we've seen from Guzman this year. Earl, were you surprised that we didn't come out and play more defensively than we did? Or were you... Or did you think that we would come out and have a more attacking formation? I expected an attacking formation. I mean, Casey said it when we had him on goals win games. Um, so, yeah, we need goals to win games. So I expect more attacking for the next, what is it, eight more games we have? Yep. Yeah, so I expect more goals or more attacking-minded players on the field. For the next eight games. Yeah, I think that would be a fair assessment. I think that's definitely something that we need to see more of. We need to be aggressive. We need to come out. We need to try to force those goals when, you know, the, this match here is going to be on, on, on tomorrow night is going to be huge. You know, a six point swing against RGV, uh, who we are level with on points but they currently hold the tiebreaker over us. I mean, a six point swing. And then, you know, if the goal differential is, uh, I think, uh, greater than one, we would jump ahead of them in, in, in the standings. I mean, we jump ahead on points anyway, but they have that tiebreaker and then it would put us back up in the fourth. So, you know, there's, there's a lot that could happen going forward. And RGV, again, we haven't seen RGV since the, since the first week of the season. And honestly, it's we we've talked about you know it's kind of hard to remember back that far. And I feel like we played decently in that match, but we just didn't do what we needed to do to secure the three points. And and uh, you know we definitely need we can't sit back against RGV. They can score goals. They can come out. They can put a lot of pressure. They can they they, they can play with some pace. And you know we can't sit back and allow them to just control the match. Was there a question there? Did I miss something? No, I just moved right right on the, okay. the RGB. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was smooth. That was smooth. It was so smooth that I got lost. Um, <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think RGV is is a team that that we need to come out and and um, play like that Colorado Springs match. Um, I think I think the the lineup and the tactics used in that Colorado Springs match threw all of our fan all of the all of us fans off guard. Because uh, we we haven't done that all year, and then we go against the team that has scored against us very well, and is the best score was the best scoring team in the league, and we come out on the offensive and and um, and it worked. It worked very well. So RGV is not as dangerous as Colorado Springs, in my opinion, um, but I think that that they will they would like for us to sit back. We, we sat back against them quite a bit in the opener and we did play well. Uh, our attack just wasn't there. We just didn't have an attacking mindset. And so with what we've seen when Rivas is healthy the last month, um, that is fully what I expect to see in this match. And, uh, you know, we, I, I think what happens is we, we, you know, we have three games in, in this week here, uh, a Saturday, a Wednesday, and a Sunday. Um, I think this is the one we go after with RGV being in our division, uh, being right there with us on the in the table and um, 
and you know maybe we we throw our best lineup out here and then louisville we maybe maybe play a little more defensive in louisville and and just try to fight for the draw so i do think we come out at home guns a blazing and we we try to try to put some goals on the on the board early and often and and uh, make rgv chase the match i just went and pulled up the the match center from that you know opening match of the season and you know, looking at our lineup that day, it was uh, Sandoval, Moreno up top, Cello, Martinez, Micah Zira, Juan Pablo, uh, Josh Suggs, and Harry Swartz. And then you had uh, Sam Hamilton, then you have Ryden and Yearwood as our back line. And so a couple of guys that we're not going to see for the rest of the season in, in there. And, uh, you know, one that we're hoping we don't see on on Wednesday night. And and uh, also coming, you know, playing in that match, Justin Schmidt got some play time, Daniel Bruce, Sergio, Brian Brown played that match. And so did Ilya. And I mean, stat wise, I mean, we, we dominated possession about 50, 55 to 45%, uh, looking around 10 shots, two on target. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's a match that we, you know, again, we played well, but we just didn't, you know, get what we needed out of it. And, yeah, I just I, I want to see this attacking mindset again tomorrow night. Do you do you still have that up, Seth? Yeah. What minute did they score? Sixty fourth, sixty fifth. Sorry. I feel like after they scored, we took over possession um, drastically. I, I don't feel like possession was ours that dominantly for the majority of the match. Uh, so when you said that number, it kind of surprised me. Um, and, but yeah, I, I I mean I thought we played okay there. I thought we played decent. Uh, they scored on a deflection. Um, it, it was kind of weird. So, uh, and then you look at where what where the teams are now. You know we've we had that stinker against Austin, but we've won three of our last four um, against two of the three against very quality opponents in San Antonio and Colorado Springs. Uh, one of which was on the road, and then you have RGV who kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. I, th- I do think they won recently, um, but they had been on, on a decent skid and them coming here. Uh, it, I'll be, I'll be very disappointed if we do not get a win. I'll put it that way. Oh yeah. I'm watching, I was watching the highlight back and yeah, you're, they did score on that deflection. That was a, uh... One, one of a number of kind of early season gaffes for, for Kalen Ryden and, and just seemed very like out of character for him. And that was just a funky goal. It really was like, there really wasn't anything that Alex could have done about that, you know, cause it took that, it took that deflection that bounce, like that really, that, that, that looping kind of over into yeah. the far side. So yeah, kind of a fluky thing. Um, I can't really say that RGV outplayed us that night. Um, I definitely, if I can, I want to go back and watch it again tonight, but you know, I definitely want to see, see more. And, and, um, Earl, do you think tomorrow night with that Troy listens to us once again and and keeps Juan Pablo out or you think he sends him out there again? If there's a soccer God that I could pray to, I pray that he listens not to put Juan Pablo Guzman back in. We've seen it twice already where JPG is not in the lineup or in the starting lineup, and we play incredible. And either he comes on, and we suck a fart, or he doesn't come on, and we wind up winning a game. So I pulled up our RGV's um, schedule here, and they I, I, they did beat uh, ATL UTD2 <laughs> on Saturday. But before that, it had been loss, draw, draw, loss, 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 draw, loss, loss. And then they their last win before uh, Real Monarch or before Atlanta United 2 was all the way back on August 4th. Uh, and it was against Real Monarchs. So um, not in the best of form. And, uh, and yeah, I... Guzman's not going to be in. He's not going to be in the starting lineup. He's just not. He's not going to do it. I have faith in Troy. He's not going to do it. And that 
is how he's going to turn the hashtag Troy out crowd back on his side because he will not play Juan Pablo Guzman. He won't start him again for for the rest of the year, except for maybe maybe Loose City. Do you think we and, see any other lineup changes? Yeah, we'll see definite lineup changes. But to on for Jacob, I I think we see him not even at Loose City. Um, maybe Hartford and maybe uh, the Monarchs game. Other than that, I don't think, I pray we don't see um, JPG. Well, I I was kind of going on the assumption that he would not play him at home, basically. At home, I feel like he would go balls to the wall offensive. So even if Hartford and, and Real Monarchs are lesser opponents, um, he'll be fighting. And then that Real Monarchs match at the end of the year, that might be for a playoff spot. That might be a de facto playoff game. And if that's the case, then he goes start best starting lineup, and it's not going to be – I don't think he'd have one Pablo Guzman in there with, with what we've seen the last two matches without him in there. So um, as for uh, another lineup change, Seth, are you talking about um, tomorrow night in particular? Yeah, for tomorrow. Yeah, I think we see Dev up top. Um, I think we see Dev, Moreno, and uh, Weehan. Um, because because even though Dev played a very instrumental part in that goal, he did not start on Saturday, which uh, was kind of surprising. But I but I think we see Weehan and and Dev up top with Moreno, and then other than that, I don't I don't think we see any changes. I maybe Suggs. I don't know what's been going on. I mean, that's two matches in a row where Suggs has come off the bench, and um, yeah, I. I'm not going to complain. I love Suggs, but I think Brucey's been an absolute firecracker over there in place of him. And and I think that might just be a tactical kind of game plan there where, you know, Brucey is, is more of a long ball option, playing more direct. And um, and if that's the case, I think that, that coaches kind of had him in there. Even this last match with Rivas in the midfield, I think, having Brucey and Rivas in there kind of gives us two options of attack. Whereas, you know, that, um, Real Monarchs match, it was kind of, we're just going to play direct because Guzman's in there and, and I don't want Guzman to touch the ball. So he just, we just kept playing it over to Brucey. So, so I think Brucey, uh, Brucey could come or go, but I, I for sure think Sandoval's in there. Um, so let me ask you this and, and we'll get to our, our predictions here in just a minute. So world cup qualifying starts next week, once again, on the, on the seventh and, and we're all expecting Amanda to get called up again. Um, with that in mind, do you think loose city is the last time we see Amando prior to that? Uh, prior to World Cup qualifiers, or do you think he doesn't play against Loose City? And how many matches do you think he misses? So it depends. If we don't come out with... I'm trying to see. If we don't come out with six points by Loose City, so if we don't win both the RGB... Um, wait. I'm fucking it's, lost. It's just RGV and Lucidity. You're looking at the same poster I am, and it has the RGV game before San Antonio because yeah. it got rescheduled. So it's 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 RGV Wednesday and then in Lucidity Saturday Sunday. Okay, that's right. Okay, okay. So if we if we don't beat RGV, then we see Mondo on Sunday. If we lose to RGV or if we draw RGV, I don't think we see Mondo Sunday. Okay. So a win or a draw, we don't see Mondo. A lose, a loss, and we do. I I think he plays Sunday um, for sure, and then um, and then after that, I don't know. I mean, it's usually what did we lose him for last time uh, for World Cup qualifying? Like 
two and a half weeks. Something like that. Um, so the next round of World Cup qualifiers, there are El Salvador has matches on October 7th, 10th, and 13th. So that means we probably don't have them for Hartford. We definitely don't have them for RGV. We probably don't have them for San Diego. Um, so maybe on the 20th? No, I uh, think we would have them on the 7th for the San Diego match because if he gets back to the 13th, he flies back to 14th. I mean, that I mean, gives them I mean, two or three he, games to... Yeah, but it, that's going to depend on how much he plays with the Salvador, though. Yeah, if we've he, seen Troy do crazier things. If if he plays a lot of minutes, especially if on the thirteenth he plays the whole match, then then I wouldn't expect to see him Sunday um, at San Diego, especially it being on the road. Uh, you might just get him back to Albuquerque and let him rest, and you might not even see him in the eighteen there. I, I'm sure he'd want to go at least and be with the club, but um, it's uh, I would I would say he misses three matches. Now, that might change if we're in desperation mode on the 17th, which, I mean, some would say no matter what happens, we will be. But um, but I think the safest bet is, is he starts on the 20th, and he plays the 20th, 23rd, and 30th, pretty much the whole match, all three of those matches. So um, that's going to be interesting. Maybe that's why Dev got some time off on Saturday. Maybe, maybe Dev does get some time off. Um, tomorrow or maybe maybe on Sunday uh, because Deb's going to be playing a lot of minutes uh, for those three matches if Moreno's not here. That's a very real possibility. So it sounds like we're looking at minimum two matches for Amando being out. Um, so it's we got to figure out something when he's not here. Uh, and, you know, it's... Uh, Luckily, those two matches are at home. And they are against uh, Hartford and RGV. So, um, assuming the RGV that we see is not as competent as the one we saw the first week, which so far their results since August 4th have not shown me really anything to be not... I mean, I'm concerned. Obviously, they're a quality club, but it's not like it's a Phoenix or an El Paso or even a San Antonio or Colorado Springs. Um, they're a team that's equal to us and us playing them at home should give us a, a small leg up even without Moreno there. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. We said we we're going to keep this episode a little bit shorter this week because we did talk Saturday night. So uh, let's go around the table. Let's get our score predictions for tomorrow night with uh, RGV coming to town. Earl. So, because Jacob made the comment that I bashed Tambacus all the time. Three nil. For RGV? Damn. You don't have to bash Alex that bad. No, for us. Okay. I'm going to take a step back and assume the best and he gets a he gets a clean sheet. Jacob? Not one. Not two. Fuck it, call it four. Not three. <laughs> Not four. But zero. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, four zero. We're, we're do- I, here he goes again. For me, from here on out, until it happens, I'm, I'm going to say four zero as long as we're at home. All right, so you go four nil, three nil. Um... Watch. I think that's so that's gonna be like, oh, I don't know, guys. It's gonna be two one RGV. <laughs> well, now that you mention it, he's gonna call it five nil RGV or some stupid shit. Lightning <laughs> delays and fucking games being called. Two, two I, red cards. I don't think it's gonna rain tomorrow, so I, I can't uh, say lightning delay. But sixty um, percent chance of rain. Is it really? Well, fortunately, it's the time of year where we don't get too much lightning with all that, so it's not too, it's not really hot enough. But um, looking at the game, yeah, RGV is definitely in a downswing. They've won one, they've won once since, uh, and basically the last two months. Um, 
I think we win two nil. I think we get another clean sheet. Uh, I think we pick up three more massive points and get right back in the playoff uh, playoff spot. So that's what I think is going to happen. All right. Well, there you have it, everyone. Again, short and sweet tonight. We will be back again later this week. We'll do a uh, loose city preview. Uh, what, did, what did we say? Thursday night? Friday night? Yep. Thursday night? Okay. So we'll be back Thursday night. Another, uh, we'll talk uh, RGV recap. We'll do uh, uh, loose city preview. That's going to be a massive match on Sunday. Uh, can't wait to see what happens. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us here tonight. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on YouTube and so on. Jacob, get us out of here. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, vote yes for the bond in November. And until Thursday, Samozina. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and weekly discussions from around the world of sports. Each episode is recorded live on Tuesday nights on our YouTube channel and goes live on podcast platforms around the world later in the week. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bedoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using Zencaster and Audacity.